0: Welcome back to the Refugee Report. This week, we'll be talking about Yemen, a country which the United Nations has called the worst humanitarian crisis in the world. It is plagued with war, food insecurity, a failing economy, and a lack of medical care. In order to understand how we got to this point, we first need some background. But before we begin, we would like to warn you that the information and audio presented may be disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Yemen is a country in the Middle East located at the bottom of the Arabian Peninsula. It is a predominantly Muslim country that speaks various Arabic dialects. It is a rich culture filled with traditions that have existed for thousands of years. Much of Yemen has been colonized by the British Ottoman Empire and Saudi Arabia, which has most likely contributed to its political instability. In fact, Yemen did not become a fully unified country until 1990. Since then, the country has been burdened with corruption and tribalism. President Ali Abdullah Saleh took power and served as president for 20 years. His tenure was filled with corruption and anti-democratic ideals. This made him an increasingly unpopular figure throughout Yemen. This reached a boiling point during the Arab Spring of 2011. A region was gripped with freedom fever. Fueled by social media, protests erupt in Algeria, then Yemen. Its leader, Ali Abdullah Saleh, seriously injured when his palace was shelled, left the country for treatment, returned, and later gave up power. Due to numerous protests throughout Yemen, President Saleh was successfully pushed to the power. However, the vice president, Rabu Manswar Hadi, then rose to power, who's propped up by the Gulf Cooperation Council a regional coalition responsible for reorganizing Yemen following the Arab Spring. This organization is notably led by Saudi Arabia, a country that has been active in the crisis since. The coalition essentially reinstated the same government as before, which led to the rise of the Houthis in 2014, a Shia minority from northern rural Yemen. This group, along with other factions, began an uprising against the government. In fact, former ousted President Saleh, joined the Houthis in an attempt to regain power, a person the Houthis had protested during the Arab Spring. The Houthis took up arms and captured the capital city of Sana'a, along with other cities throughout western Yemen. President Hadi was then ousted and fled to Saudi Arabia. However, the Saudi Arabian government wanted to keep Hadi in power and began their military involvement in Yemen, along with a coalition of other countries. Some of these countries include the UAE, Qatar, Jordan, Egypt, and other Gulf countries. An essential element of the Saudi military campaign is its bombing rates. The Saudi Arabian-led coalition has been bombing Yemen. The goal? To push out Houthi rebel forces who swept to power last fall and ousted the president, and who the coalition view as a proxy for their arch-rival Iran. As of 2019, Saudi Arabia has carried out a staggering 19,000 airstrikes. This air campaign has come under international criticism for targeting civilians. Some previous targets have included hospitals, schools and school buses, funeral homes, public markets and other public spaces. These airstrikes have led to the deaths of thousands of civilians, many of whom are children. Due to these airstrikes, the U.N. has opened a human rights investigation into Saudi Arabia. The U.S. has been criticized for its involvement in these airstrikes because Saudi Arabia is the largest purchaser of U.S. weapons. Some of the machinery used to carry out these strikes were supplied by the U.S. military and U.S. businesses. In addition, the Air Force has refueled Saudi planes mid-flight during these airstrikes, which has prolonged the amount of time Saudi planes can stay in the air. The U.S. has become involved in the conflict due to the emergence of terrorist groups in Yemen, including branches of ISIL and al-Qaeda. This has unfortunately been the case in many Middle Eastern conflicts in which bad actors are taking advantage of the chaos. However, the U.S. has made some punitive attempts at halting civilian bombings. For example, the Obama administration created a no-hit list of civilian targets, but the Saudi government appears to have completely ignored that. Also, there have been attempts in Congress to cut off U.S. funding for Saudi military efforts in Yemen, but no legislation has effectively stopped or limited the airstrikes. The Houthis have been accused of committing human rights crimes themselves in the form of torture. Political prisoners and detainees in Houthi prisons have reported severe abuse by their guards. Also, thousands were captured through kidnapping, leaving families in anguish, wondering whether their loved ones are alive or dead. The Houthis have also been criticized for their handling of the coronavirus pandemic. Government policy and attitude suggest that they are prioritizing commerce over health safety measures. In fact, health officials estimate that half of the population of Yemen could become infected with the coronavirus. The group has also been accused of harboring terrorists within its borders and having affiliation with terrorist groups. The atrocities committed by both the Houthis and the Saudi-led coalition has left civilians suffering. The war-torn and impoverished country is now in desperate need of humanitarian aid. However, this humanitarian aid has been blocked from the people that need it most. The Saudi coalition has blocked aid from entering Houthi ports, and the Houthis have disrupted ground transportation of aid. This has left the country devastated because 80% of the country is dependent on some form of humanitarian aid. That is an estimated 21 to 25 million people, 11 to 12 million of whom are children. This is what has turned a bad humanitarian situation into a huge catastrophe. Yemen was already an impoverished country prior to the conflict, meaning the war has amplified the country's existing problems. In fact, the poverty rate has now climbed to a shocking 70%. This has led to a massive refugee crisis. Over the course of the five-year war, 3.76 million people have been forced to flee their homes. However, only 200,000 have sought asylum in other countries. This means the large majority of refugees are internally displaced and still living in Yemen. Many have set up makeshift shelters out of scrap wood and plastic tarps. These camps are unsafe and unsanitary, allowing disease to rapidly spread. The conditions are so horrible in these camps that 1.2 million internally displaced refugees have attempted to return to their homes. Keep in mind that their homes are still in war-torn areas that pose real and imminent threats to their life. However, the deplorable living conditions of these camps have led them to take that risk. What is even more surprising is that many refugees from East Africa and the African Horn end up going to Yemen. These refugees pass through the country in an attempt to seek asylum in rich Middle Eastern countries. This has made the war-torn country of Yemen a corridor for refugees further adding to the existing refugee crisis in the country. This increase in the number of refugees does not help with the rampant disease in the country. In Yemen, there are epidemics of preventable diseases, such as cholera, diarrhea, measles, and dengue fever. In fact, the cholera epidemic in Yemen is considered the worst in modern history. COVID-19 has made the situation even worse. The healthcare system in Yemen was already collapsing dealing with these outbreaks prior to COVID 19. In addition, refugees still remain in the crosshairs of fighting and the victims of airstrikes. The death count of the war is about 100,000 and still climbing. However, the children of Yemen have suffered the most because of the war. 1.71 million of the internally displaced refugees are children. This has left many of them living in those makeshift refugee camps in which they are exposed to disease and unsafe conditions. The lack of aid to the country has left many children starving, and as of 2019, 360,000 kids suffer from acute malnutrition. Also, 2.5 million children under the age of 5 now have stunted growth. This is an irreversible condition. The most tragic suffering of children in Yemen has been caused by airstrikes. Many of the civilians killed in these have been children since the targets have included schools. One horrendous airstrike happened when a school bus was directly hit with a bomb. Every day, Zaid al-Humran visits the graveyard where his two little boys are buried. Today, he brought their five-year-old brother along. He's all Zaid has left. People were screaming out the names of their children. I tried to tell the women it couldn't be true. But then a man ran through the crowd, shouting that a plane had struck the children's bus this resulted in the death of 40 children. The airstrike was carried out by the Saudi military and the bomb used was US made. As horrifying as the situation is, it has become a reality for the people of Yemen. As mentioned before, 200,000 people have fled the country due to situations like these. Many have gone to nearby Gulf region countries or African countries such as Djibouti, Ethiopia, Somalia, and Sudan. Djibouti has been especially welcoming the refugees due to its open-door policy. However, the countries of Djibouti, Ethiopia, Somalia, and Sudan have been ill-equipped in meeting the needs of incoming refugees. The sudden arrival of refugees has led to high unemployment in these developing countries, creating increased xenophobia towards refugees from Yemen. In addition, Somalia and Sudan face conflicts of their own. This is what has led the United Nations to call Yemen the worst humanitarian crisis in the world. However, There is still hope. UN officials and NGO workers are on the ground to meet the needs of refugees in Yemen and around the world. Also, the situation in Yemen is increasingly at the forefront of international diplomacy and more developed countries are motivated to help. Although change may be slow, I believe the continued and persistent efforts of diplomats and world leaders could bring peace to the country. We also want to recommend organizations to support that are already confronting the refugee and humanitarian crisis in Yemen. The first is Save the Children. As I mentioned, children are in the crosshairs of this conflict, and this organization is working to specifically meet their needs in Yemen. In fact, they have provided life-saving care to three million children since the conflict began in 2015. They've also been active in tackling malnutrition in the country and in setting up temporary schools. They have a specific division dedicated to Yemen and their link is in the description below. Another organization is Islamic USA. They have 3,000 people working on the ground in Yemen setting up nutritional programs, water sources, and medical resources. They will also be linked in the description. Although we do recommend to these organizations, we want to stress that it is important you do research before spending your own money. That concludes this episode of the Refugee Report. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe or follow the Refugee Report to stay up to date with future episodes. Our sources and their links will be included in the description below. Feel free to do some research for yourself. The extra audio clips used in this episode were from CNN and CBS News, and those full news reports will also be linked in the description below. Make sure you follow At War Time Aid on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to stay up to date on refugee information. Tune in for our episode next week in which we will be talking about the refugee crisis in Sudan. As always, thank you for listening.